Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I'm your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, I'm going to be giving out our week three against the spread NFL betting picks, uh, some player props, some totals, picks against the spread, everything. I'm going to recap a little bit of our bets from last week. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump in. Right, just getting right to it. Let's talk briefly about our bets from last week. I gave out some some teaser bets that I thought were maybe going to cash, and you know what? It was brutal. We got crushed. The Saints, the Browns, these teams killed us. And listen, sometimes when you're betting football, the reasoning is there, the, the process is there, but ultimately this deck is sort of loaded against you. you. You have to keep that in mind that more often than not, the book is going to win. So when you have three long teaser teams that, that have these low totals that are uh, projected in that one and a half to two and a half to three zone of, of point spread, and they all sort of blow it for you. In the last two weeks, bets I've given out on this show, I uh, gave the Bengals out a team that lost despite scoring with no time left on the clock, despite scoring a should-be game-winning touchdown with no time left on the clock. This past week, I gave out the Browns, who ultimately lose a game where they're up 13 points with a minute and 35 seconds left to a Jets team that had to recover an onside kick and had to have Joe Flacco throw two touchdowns back-to-back. These are all-time bad beats. Uh, I think we're due for some wins this coming week, in part because we've had such bad luck just with how some of these late-game situations have played out. Or at least that's what I'm telling myself, right? Because they can't all be bad beats like this. So... I am undeterred going into our week three picks. I'm excited to make some money this week, make up some of the beating we took the last couple weeks, and let's start with our week three games, Thursday night football, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. These Thursday night football games have actually been pretty good so far. I've been pretty impressed with the schedule that Amazon has put together. They obviously got some stay in in this big NFL deal they made to put some better games on the schedule and... I'm not sure the Steelers-Browns game is really indicative of that, but I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, This is a storied rivalry, at least over the last couple years. They've produced some iconic moments, the Steelers and the Browns. Who can forget Mason Rolfe getting clubbed in the head? They've had some crazy sort of upsets with the Browns upsetting the Steelers over the last couple years. All sorts of stuff. And I think that this game might end up being a lot more fun than people are projecting right now. The line in this game is set at Browns minus five. Uh, The over-under is set at 38.5, another one of these low over-unders. The books are clearly not giving the Steelers much respect after back-to-back pathetic offensive performances. It looks to me this offensive coaching staff, Matt Canada, offensive coordinator, doesn't really know what he's doing in terms of scheming plays open. He's the only X-factor year-to-year. Trubisky looks completely incompetent. He can't really string together a drive. He can't really convert a third down. I saw a stat earlier this week about his completions behind the line of scrimmage just being brutal, brutal, brutal offense from the Steelers unit. Uh, The Browns have been somehow better than the Steelers on offense, despite Jacoby Brissett leading that charge on that side of the ball. Uh, They blow a heartbreaking, almost impossible to lose game uh, against the Jets this past week. Now they host the Steelers, a team that has historically owned them. Big Ben, I believe, has more career wins at the Browns stadium than any Browns quarterback of the last 30 years or since they came back into existence. So that just goes to show you what the Steelers team has been doing to the Browns. But now it's Brissett, it's for Trubisky, uh, not exactly a stellar quarterback matchup. The Steelers come off a bad loss to the Patriots where they didn't really feel like they had a chance, even though they technically did at the end there. It was a one-score game. Um, And they are forced in the unenviable position of coming back on a short week against a divisional rival who I think is going to be fired up to prove something on the defensive side of the ball. 
It looks like Davian Clowney will not be playing in this game, something to keep in mind in terms of this defensive unit that sort of collapsed against the Jets last week. My leaning in this game is the Steelers plus five. Uh, I may sprinkle a little bit on the over here as well, that over at 38 and a half, because I think the public right now is fading the, the Steelers offense. Uh, they're, they're overreacting a bit. We just saw a Joe Flacco-led Jets unit drop 31 points on this Browns defense, a lot of that being in the fourth quarter. So the Steelers have all the skill position players there. They have Deontay Johnson. They have Najee Harris. It's just a matter of this offense really clicking and coalescing. I'm not sure if Mitchell Trubisky is the guy to do that. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Steelers go to Kenny Pickett in this game. If Mitch gets hurt, that offensive line for the Steelers is not really trustworthy. Uh, It could be a very strange sort of game. This five-point line is really in that Vegas zone. As I've said before in the show, I try not to go too crazy betting on these Thursday night games. I usually like to lean more with the player props just to have a little fun here and not worry about the wonkiness of the Thursday night games. But if I did have a play here, it would be the Steelers plus five and maybe sprinkle a little on the over 38 and a half. Moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs going on the road to the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts coming off an embarrassing loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chiefs coming off a pretty impressive Thursday night win uh, against their division rival Los Angeles Chargers, who the, the team who everyone sort of crowned as the natural successor in that AFC West. Uh, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. They still have Patrick Mahomes. Turns out they don't need Tyreek Hill to win games. Their defense is really stellar. They really showed out. They, they had a game-winning uh, interception return for a touchdown last week, and now they go to Indianapolis, a team that has put together one of the worst three-game runs in the history of the franchise uh, with that Jacksonville loss to end last season, then their week one tie with the Texans, and then last week's embarrassing, embarrassing performance by this Colts offense. I don't know how much longer Frank Reich can go dodging any blame in in that building. He has been heralded as his brilliant offensive mind, brilliant play caller, but the proof is in the pudding at some time, right? Because this team has just not gotten it done when, when it matters most. And now we're looking at a Colts team that needs a win here. All of a sudden, this season could get out of hand for them. They could be 0-3, looking up the division to teams like Jacksonville, teams like the Titans, and it could be a very difficult situation for them to come back from. I believe that Matt Ryan's not completely toast, but last week was not uh, supportive of that argument. This guy threw some terrible interceptions, but beyond that, this offensive unit just looks completely overmatched. Michael Pittman should be back for this game. We don't know yet, but he should be back in the lineup next week. He is a key cog for this offense. The secondary receivers on this Colts offense looked completely inept last week. Alec Pierce couldn't step into that role. Uh, Josh Doolin couldn't really get it done. And if I have a play in this game, it's going to be the Colts plus six and a half. The trends typically tell us that um, if you look at 0-2 teams since 2016, they're winning or covering the spread at at least a 57% clip. They tend to get it done week three, especially because they sort of realize what's on the line here. For me, the Colts are not going to win this game. I don't see them winning it outright, but I do see them covering the six and a half point line. Give me the Colts hosting the Chiefs this week. Next up, the Baltimore Ravens on the road against the New England Patriots. The line here is set at three. The Patriots are plus three at home, over under at 43 and a half. The Patriots coming off a pretty impressive victory against the Steelers team that couldn't really do anything on offense. Uh, The Patriots were sort of written off after their pathetic offensive performance week one against the Dolphins team that may actually be pretty good. This Patriots team needs to at least stay competitive in this game if they want to 
remain competitive in their division. Uh, the, the Dolphins look like a real contender here. The Bills are the Bills, maybe the best team in the entire NFL. If they have any hope to remain competitive in this division, they need to at least remain competitive against a Ravens team that we don't really know what to make of through two weeks, right? Because the Ravens looked like world beaters in the first half of that Dolphins game. They really collapsed in the second half. We have a low over under here. I typically like to lean on the underdog at least at home with these low over-under games. So give me the Patriots plus three because this line doesn't really make sense to me, right? I, I don't see why the Patriots should be only getting three points to a Ravens team that really looks much superior to them. Maybe the Patriots figured out some stuff on offense last week, but I don't know. I'm not confident in it. I'm not going to really throw a lot on it if I do bet this game, but I'm giving the Patriots plus three in this Ravens-Patriots matchup. Next up, the Cincinnati Bengals on the road against the New York Jets. The Bengals are four and a half point favorites over under at 45. My play in this game is going to be the over. I think that the Jets offense with Joe Flacco at the helm is actually much better than people may be giving it credit for. They have a lot of pieces on this offense. We know already that Zach Wilson will not be playing in this game. They want him back at 110% from what I read, and he's not there yet. So Flacco comes back after a huge performance in the fourth quarter of last week's game against the Browns, uh, leading them to a last-second victory. Now they play a Bengals team that is coming off a bad loss to the Cowboys. They're 0-2 now. This is the Super Bowl representative of the AFC last year, and we see these Super Bowl hangover teams every season. We're always surprised by them. But I still think the Bengals have a lot here. That This is a team that is just stacked offensively. They've been in sort of a slump. We see Joe Burrow taking some big, bad hits the last couple weeks. The guy's just holding the ball a little bit too long, and if he doesn't really get it figured out, I'm worried he may not be long for this world career-wise. He may get injured, see another catastrophic injury, and miss some time. I don't want to see that happen. I want him to stay upright. I want the Bengals to show us why they were the class of the AFC last year in the playoffs, prove they belong in that class again. They need to avoid going 0-3 if they want to win this division, which I think they still have their eyes on that. So, give me the Bengals minus 4.5, beating the Jets this week, despite the fact that the Jets are relatively competitive. More importantly, I want the over in this game. I think the Bengals put on an offensive showcase. I think the Jets can score a few touchdowns here. My big play here would be the over that 45 number. I would be surprised to see this number not climb over the course of the week, but give me the over 45 and a half in Bengals Jets. Next up, Lions at the Vikings. The Lions are getting seven points on the road in Minnesota this week. The over-under in this game is set at 53. Uh, this is another high projected over-under. This Lions offense looks maybe electric with Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, DJ Chark, some of these guys they brought in. Hawkinson hasn't even really been a part of this offense to date, but they just have so much skill, so much talent and electricity on this offense. Goff is playing out of his mind. I think that if you were to look back at a lot of these statistics for, for these passing uh, advanced analytics for the last year, I would say, from November of last year through now, you'd be shocked to see just how high Jared Goff would rank among the league's quarterbacks. This is a guy who has dominated over the last year. He's just constantly, constantly, constantly made plays and to me, I think he's turned a corner as a player. I was so low on him in Los Angeles. He felt to me like a guy who was completely overmatched. He just didn't belong at that level of play. Playing in the Super Bowl, he was a guy who completely laid an egg there. But it seems to me in Detroit, he's figured something out. He's improved as a passer. He's processing the field quicker. He's not holding the ball the way he was in Los Angeles. And he's really just feeling himself within this Dan Campbell-led offense. Since Campbell took over as a play caller, this guy has really just exploded onto the scene. So give me the Lions 
plus seven against the Vikings. I know the Vikings offense is electric. I know they have playmaking left and right. Justin Jefferson, everyone's high on Kevin O'Connell, and it feels like almost a sucker bet to take the Lions in this spot. But it feels like almost a battling of two narrative-driven teams here, right? Because the Vikings feel like the, the media darling in terms of the new class of the NFC North. The Lions feel like the upstart that everyone is really pulling for in terms of hard knocks team. Dan Campbell clips going viral every week. Despite that, I'm a sucker. I'm still buying into this Lions team. I still want to be a part of it. I think that there's probably some value to be had here with maybe teasing the Vikings. I'll give that pick out a little bit later uh, when I give my sort of big picture picks for the week. But for now, if I'm picking an against the spread pick, give me the Lions plus seven. Next up, the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. The Saints are giving two and a half points to the home Panthers. The over-under in this game set at 40 and a half. This year, home dogs in these low over-under games, I'm talking over-unders, less than 45 and a half, are really covering at a really good clip. Something to keep an eye on here. I already mentioned this 0-2 ATS trend, doing everything they can to avoid going 0-3, and the Panthers fall into that realm. They are one of these teams that needs to avoid going 0-3, maybe not just to keep their playoff hopes alive, but to keep things like Baker Mayfield's career alive, to keep things like Matt Rule's job security alive. This team could be in a very ugly spot if they lose this game at home. I think they're going to win this game outright against the Saints. I was all in on the Saints. I was so wrong about them last week. They crushed us in our teaser. They crushed us in our money line bet. Uh, give me the, the Panthers' money line in this game, plus 130 over the New Orleans Saints. They have everything to lose here. They need to win this game to avoid going 0-3, to avoid maybe Matt Rule losing his job next week. So give me the Panthers here, despite the fact that I don't like this team. I don't like Matt Rule. It just feels like a must-win situation for them, and a home dog in a low over-under game feels like a good trend to hop on. Next up, the Houston Texans at the Chicago Bears. The Bears are three-point favorites. Uh, the over-under in this game is 40.5. The Texans have looked pretty frisky. They, they gave the Broncos everything they could handle last week. The Broncos played like shit on both sides of the ball. And Davis Mills may actually be a pretty good quarterback. I say this every week. Everyone is still shocked by this. But I think Davis Mills is just a competent NFL quarterback who's going to be a pain in the ass if you're betting against him every week. That being said, uh, Justin Fields looks like a completely incompetent NFL quarterback who threw for 70 yards last week. Darnell Mooney projected to be the number one guy within this offense has, I think, four yards receiving on the season uh, on two receptions. He's like five targets or, or four targets, just embarrassing numbers. The only guy who looks like he has any sort of value for talking fantasy prop bets here feels to be David Montgomery. Looking at this game, it feels like a get right game for the Bears. The Bears are not going to lose every single game. Justin Fields, to me, despite his struggle so far, I think has a friskiness to him. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get on track against this Texans team here. So I like the Bears money line here. I'm not sure they cover the minus three line. I don't trust this Bears team enough to be giving points. If I were to have a lean here, it would be the Texans. I might buy the half point up to three and a half uh, if I was taking against the spread. But I think the safer bet is the Bears money line. I may throw this Bears money line play in with a couple parlays. I'm going to give out a money line parlay a little bit later to get some fun odds that you can sort of root for as the day progresses. And the Bears will be involved in that one. 
Moving on, let's talk now about the Philadelphia Eagles on the road against the Washington Commanders. The Commanders are plus four at home uh, against the Eagles. The over-under in this game is set at 50. The Commanders' defense looked bad, really bad. Could not tackle, could not cover, could not do much of anything against the Lions last week. Now they play the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that, as I'm recording this, they have not completed their Monday night game against the Vikings. So I'm sort of of still going off that week one trend, sort of still going off that preseason, what we think this Eagles team is going to be. And I think that Eagles team is going to be really good. I took them to win the NFC East. Uh, I think the commanders are going to give them a run for their money in that regard. I'm not buying into the Giants after two weeks. I'm not buying into this narrative that they may be competitive for the division. They may honestly be the worst 2-0 team of all time. Uh, They've had some some fortuitous luck in terms of playing the Panthers and playing a Titans team that was sort of really struggling at the end there that's also in transition. But this Eagles-Commanders matchup could be huge at at the end of the season when we look back in terms of determining this division. So a four-point line is really in a weird zone, a divisional matchup. Give me the Washington Commanders plus four against the Eagles in this game. I just think four points is too much in a divisional matchup between these two teams, a Commanders team that everyone is fading after a very bad performance last week. If you bet on Carson Wentz, you know that he's going to have a revenge game. He wears his head whenever you don't want him to. Whenever you're writing him off, whenever you think he's done, that's when he decides to show out. So I would not be surprised to see Carson Wentz really just stick it to his former team, the team that threw him out the door, that ran ran him over with the bus on his way out and covered this four and a half line, maybe even win. If you're going to bet the four and a half, maybe sprinkle a little on the money line at plus 155 just to have a little fun with it. Something to keep in mind. But give me the commanders plus four against the Eagles. Next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are seven-point favorites here. Justin Herbert has torn up rib cartilage. Despite that, this line's still at seven. We don't know his status going into this game yet as of the time of this recording. It looks like he's going to play. It's going to be a pain management thing. But the Jaguars are coming off an incredibly impressive win against the Colts, the team that everyone thought would be the class of this division. And... Now they are going on the road to a Chargers team that is looking to avenge a tough divisional loss against the Chiefs. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game just in terms of both offenses really trying to find their groove. It's tough because I also think that the Jaguars have a, a surprisingly spry defensive unit. They're doing some things defensively that I really like in terms of uh, limiting third down conversions, putting themselves in a good position defensively. Uh, their offense still is trying to figure out a lot of kinks. I think that they may be forced to push the ball just to stay competitive with the Chargers offense that is loaded from front to back. We don't know Keenan Allen's status going into this game at the time of this recording. Even without Keenan Allen, uh, Gerald Everett really adds an element to this offense. They have guys like Joshua Palmer. They have guys like uh, Jarius Guyton. Just so many players here on top of Mike Williams, who's really proven himself to be a pretty solid X receiver, a a guy who can move the chains, who can convert red zone opportunities. I know he disappears, but I think he's just he has the talent there physically in a way that so many other guys don't. In looking at this game in terms of picks going in, give me the Jaguars plus seven. It doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't feel good betting against the Chargers again. It doesn't feel good betting the Jaguars, frankly. Uh, they have a lot of the stink from last year still. It feels almost like an overreaction after last week's Colts game to take the Jaguars now on the road against a team that we think is going to be much better. But despite that, this Jaguars team just feels much improved to me. They feel like a team that even if they're not winning games this year, which I don't ultimately think they're going to be in the running to win this division, despite their, their strong sort of early start. This feels like a team that's going to be competitive. Doug Peterson seems to have found something in terms of actual team building, actual chemistry, actual leadership in that building to make this team a team that takes care of business. And 
going on the road and laying an egg after a big divisional win against the Colts is the kind of stuff that bad coaches do. And I don't see Doug Peterson as one of those coaches. I see him as a guy who's trying to change the culture within that building. And in order to do that, you have to go on the road and you have to compete in this game. You can't just get ran out of the building on the road against a great Chargers team. Show them why you drafted Trevor Lawrence. Show them that you guys are in this conference. You're you're the future of this conference when you take a guy like Trevor Lawrence and show them why. So to me, I I think the Jags plus seven is the play here. I know I said I could see this being a high-scoring game. Um, Looking at the over-under at 48, looking at some of the defensive matchups that we've seen, J.C. Jackson is going to be healthy for this game. Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. The Chargers defense is loaded. They played a tight game to the under last week with the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. The Jaguars defense, I think, is a little spryer. And on top of that, the Jaguars offense has really struggled to consistently sustain drives. So I may throw the under in this game in a teaser, a six-point teaser, tease that line up to 54 and put that in a play with another play one way or another. I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to play that yet, but that under 48 and a half in some capacity, maybe pushing that line up to 50 on some of these books, you can book that higher line. Uh, That may be something that I sprinkle on as we get closer to game time. Next up, the Green Bay Packers on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Packers are plus two and a half against the Bucs team that may not have any receivers next week. Mike Evans suspended. Chris Godwin with an injury. Julio Jones should be back next week. It was a true game time decision this week. We don't know exactly what his status will be. And the over-under in this game is set at 41. I see this being sort of a defensive game. Amid all the Tom Brady stuff, amid all the Mike Evans fight stuff, amid all the injuries to their offensive line and receiver group suspension, all that stuff. They're losing the fact that this Bucks defense may be the best in the league right now. Todd Bowles is defensive head coach. This is a priority of his. And I think that it's an organizational sort of directive to make this a more defensive-minded team this year, to make this the type of team that the defense is really pulling this team towards competitiveness, even in absence of Tom Brady dominating. Tom Brady threw for less than 200 yards last week. He's not lighting the world on fire. He's 45 years old. This is this is what you should expect from a 45-year-old quarterback. He threw for 5,000 yards last year. That was an anomaly. People don't do that. He's not a human being. He's from another planet. But ultimately, time catches up to everyone, even Tom Brady. And maybe we're starting to see the first signs of that. Part of that obviously has to do with the injuries to the offensive line, the injuries to this receiver group. The Packers on Sunday Night Football take care of business against a bad Bears team. We know what went on in that game. We know that the Bears weren't really competitive here. Give me the Packers money line in this game against the Bucs. I'm going to be fading the Bucs until they they prove otherwise. I know they just kicked the shit out of the Saints despite me betting the Saints money line last week. But the Packers, I think, are going to end up being a better team than this Bucks team. Uh, for all the reasons I just mentioned, the Bucks at a certain point for having such bad injury luck. Uh, this defense is really phenomenal. And over under at 41, giving the Packers catching two and a half. I may tease this game alongside that over under I mentioned before in the Chargers game, a little Packers plus eight and a half, and then the under 54 in Chargers Jaguars. That seems like a fun teaser that could cash out for me. Something to keep your eye out on. And not really one of my main plays this week, but something I'm definitely going to dabble with, I think. Next up, Rams, Cardinals. Uh, The line in this game is set at four. The Cardinals are plus four, hosting the Rams over under 50.5. The Cardinals come off an impressive defensive performance in overtime against this Raiders team. They forced two fumbles back-to-back, ultimately uh, winning the game on a defensive touchdown. A crazy comeback. Kyler Murray showed that he's not done yet. He's not playing video games. All All the contract talk, all the talk of this Cardinals team may be being really terrible this year. 
maybe it was a little bit exaggerated, maybe some wish casting from the internet there. Uh, and Cliff Kingsbury, sort of impressive to me how, how he didn't let this team lay down and just die last week because it very easily could have been that situation against the Raiders. This team is trending in the, so much the wrong direction uh, between all the offseason stuff and sort of just the negative perception of how they handled themselves after week one. The Chiefs destroyed them, a defense that's been beat up so far early this year, and the Chiefs had to basically rest their, their players at the end of the game. They could have dropped 60 points on them, potentially. Now the Cardinals host a Rams team that, to me, hasn't looked as sharp as I thought they would coming off a of Super Bowl. They seem to be figuring some stuff out offensively. This is a four-point line, another Vegas zone line. I don't love these four-point lines, to be honest with you. I'm not sure that I would bet anything in this game, but if I did have a lean here, if I did have a pick, it would be minus four. The reason I wouldn't really love to bet something in this game is because those minus four, minus five, minus five and a half lines, divisional matchups uh, against a team that we all think is really good versus a team that we all think may be pretty shitty, that's where Vegas makes their money. That's where Vegas proves to us that we are dum-dums and they are the ones who cash out every week. It's likely a stay away for me. If I had a lean, it would be the Rams minus four, but I don't know. I'm staying away from this Rams-Cardinals game. Next up, Falcons at the Seahawks. Seahawks are favorites in this game. Uh, Minus one and a half hosting the Falcons. The Seahawks looked absolutely abominable this last week. They were horrible. This offense was pathetic. Uh, Rashad Penny, 16 yards rushing, and he was the best running back on the field for them. Uh, They couldn't complete passes. They couldn't finish drives. All the Geno Smith for MVP talk really went out the window when they weren't playing a potentially bad Broncos secondary. And now they host a Falcons team that's been surprisingly frisky for like two years now. This Arthur Smith team does not die. They're constantly competing. This team won seven games last year. They were probably the worst seven-win team of all time. The over-under in this game is set at 42 points. This is a big tease candidate for me. If you tease this game six points, you can get over that seven and a half line for the Falcons. I think I'm going to tease the Falcons wherever I can, uh, whenever I can get them in these sort of low over-under games where the estimated value of the tease is really there. I think I may dabble a little on the money line here at plus 100 because the Falcons really compete. Mariota does not look completely terrible. Kyle Pitts hasn't even been unlocked. This guy's a freakish talent, and they're still competing without him really showing out as as a Gronk-level threat. So uh, I'm thinking I'll tease the Falcons in some capacity. When I come back to my bigger picks for the week, we'll reapproach this game a little bit. But right now, I'm leaning towards the the Falcons plus one and a half. If you think they're going to win, just take the money line. Take them at plus 100. And they're a prime, prime tease candidate. Next up, the 49ers on the road against the Broncos. Sunday night football. The Broncos are plus one at home. The over-under in this game set at 46. The public and the books are starting to fade the Broncos, I think. I think people are not keen on what they've seen from Nathaniel Hackett, from Russell Wilson. Uh, he's really struggled to, to find open guys. Last week, they lose Jerry Judy. And when, when he was in the game, it wasn't like they were setting the world on fire anyways. So the Niners obviously lose Trey Lance, bring back Jimmy G, the quarterback who led them to the NFC title game last year. All of a sudden, that contract doesn't look so bad, does it? I'm not quite sure why the Niners are favored in this game. This feels like one of those weird snake rat lines that is going to move as we get closer to game time where the Broncos may end up being favored. But for now, give me the Broncos plus one. One of the benefits, I've said this before, of the show coming out earlier in the week is you can look at these lines and see where you can get some value here. So I would probably lean the Broncos here. I mentioned a teaser candidate before, but I love a teaser of the Falcons plus seven and a half crossing that key number and the Broncos plus seven. 
Uh, both low over-unders, under 49, so you're getting that Wong teaser estimated value there. Uh, so give me that teaser. I'm going to put three or four units on that one. That's going to be one of my big plays this week. Okay, so that brings us to our final game here in the Dallas Cowboys, plus two and a half on the road against the New York Giants, a 2-0 Giants team, a Cooper Rush-led Cowboys team that just got off upsetting the Bengals. Uh, The Giants, obviously, with a big win against Baker Mayfield. This new coach, Dable, is really bringing some energy to New York. I'm from New York. I see it. I see the city is electrified by Dable, by this Giants team. And for all those reasons, I think the Cowboys are probably going to win this game. At plus 110, I can't see this Giants team going 3-0. It doesn't make sense to me. The roster is not very good. The over-under here is 39.5. We keep an eye out for those low over-unders because a lot of times you can get a a decent spread there, the values to be had. Give me the Cowboys plus 2.5. Give me Cooper Rush another game. This guy's 2-0 as a starter. He's going to 3-0. The Cowboys are going to prevent the Giants in another classic from going to 3-0. All of a sudden, the Cowboys could be 2-1 and one with Cooper Rush at quarterback and Dak coming back in just a few weeks. Keep your eye out for that and give me the Cowboys there. Okay, so now I have just a few big picks for this week. I gave out a teaser before of the Falcons and the Broncos, but I want to give another quick teaser out. Give me the Vikings minus one, tease six points from that seven-point line. I know I said I love the Lions there, but if I can get that line down to one, give me it. Then I'll tease that along with the Panthers plus eight and a half at home. As I said before, I think the Panthers may win this game. I love this in a must-win opportunity. That's going to be my second big play of the week alongside that other teaser I mentioned. I wanted to give you guys another parlay just to root for a fun sort of pick. And for that, I am going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs minus 285 parlayed with the Atlanta Falcons plus 100 and the Chicago Bears minus 150. Three-leg parlay plus 350 cashes in. You bet $100, you win 350. Should be a fun bet. Should be one that maybe we're talking about next week as saving our week in terms of cashing out and and giving us some, some money we may have lost on one of those teasers. Who knows? That's the Falcons money line, Chiefs money line, and the Bears money line. Those are my picks for this week. Thanks as always for listening. I'll be back next week with week four NFL picks. Until then, good luck, and I'll talk to you guys next week. 